I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here. And thanks for uh, joining us wherever you have found us on this day. So what do we look at now? Well, on a Friday, this is when we turn the phones over to you, the texts and all else. And then you look back over the week that was and what a remarkable week. Tom Korski was here as part of our continuing coverage, our continuing conversation on the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, interesting takeaway from Korsky was that just, and this is actually, it was interestingly prescient, because we spoke with Korsky on Monday. He said the prime minister is under extraordinary pressure in his liberal caucus and even his cabinet by the number of very strongly pro-Palestinian liberals. So the prime minister was sticking generally to the text that Canada supports Israel, Canada supports Israel's right to exist, right to self-defense, and right to take the battle and finish off Hamas. But this was the reason the PM kept pivoting. Every time the word anti-Semitic would leave his lips, he would also say, and Islamophobia, which a lot of people thought, hmm, okay. But then, so that's Monday, Korski tells us that. That all changed. The day following, the Prime Minister in Vancouver for an announcement with the B.C. Premier, a $1 billion battery plant, if it ever sees the light of day, and the PM is standing there and then, in answer to reporters' questions, goes on this riff where he starts to spell out, and it was condescending, it was chiding Israel, and just the way the PM handled it, a lot of Canadians thought, this just doesn't sound... Uh, okay, here's what he said. So this is the PM, and of course the timing was also interesting because he mentions the uh, hospital, the largest hospital in Gaza, but here's what the PM said. The human tragedy that is unfolding in Gaza is heart-wrenching, especially the suffering we see in and around the Al-Shifa hospital. I have been clear that the price of justice cannot be the continued suffering of all Palestinian civilians. Even wars have rules. All innocent life is equal in worth, Israeli and Palestinian. I urge the government of Israel to exercise maximum restraint. the world is watching on TV, on social media. We're hearing the testimonies of doctors, family members, survivors, kids who've lost their parents. The world is witnessing this, the killing of women and children, of babies. This has to stop. And he chided Israel. I, oh, okay, now that Justin said it had to stop, okay, uh, just roll over and let Hamas. It was so demeaning to a lot of grown-ups who have followed the delicate balance, the atrocities, and what goes on in Israel-slash-Palestinian politics, and more importantly, in Hamas's attempt to exterminate Israel. So here's the problem. The Prime Minister was bleating on about the Al-Shifa hospital. A day earlier, 
the U.S. had confirmed that its intelligence reports, uh, its own security, its own uh, drone satellite technology and other things, confirmed the IDF's report that in the bowels of the Al-Shifa hospital and 20 meters below ground was a complete Hamas operational headquarters. So the prime minister even had his facts wrong. Then, of course, here's the weird irony of this story. So the prime minister completely turns on many who believe Israel is doing what must be done. Two hours after that, he's out at a Tony restaurant, Vikram Vidja's place in Vancouver. 250 raging, ranting pro-Palestinian protesters yell shame, blood on your hands. They accost the prime minister and drive him out of the restaurant. Then he finds his way into Chinatown, into a little cocktail bar. They show up there. So that was the prime minister this week. Foreign affairs, international expert as he is, opining on the Al-Shifa hospital, opining on the world is watching and this must stop. So that's what we know. Tom Korski got everything going here on Monday. Tom Kareek was here, the uh, commissioner with the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police. He sits on the board of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police and went through the stunning increase in the number of police officers murdered in the past 12 months, the number of police officers injured. Then we picked up the next day, uh, talking with Rhonda Blackmore, a couple of days after that, sorry, Wednesday. Uh, she's the commission, the assistant commissioner of the RCMP in Saskatchewan, and her confirmation, assaults on RCMP officers up 29% in five years, close to 500 assaults on officers. Also this week, we talked to Tamar Yona, broadcaster in Israel. Uh, we talked to Rachel Greenspan, who's a writer and a social media strategist, on how does all of this play out and how do you handle your own social media in the ongoing Israel-Hamas war? We got an update on physician assistants. Todd Bryden joined us. Rob Vanstone was here on goalies in the era before masks. And that wasn't all this week. There was a health care announcement, some other stories. And I'll tell you about those next. I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here. Friday and absolutely anything and everything goes. Uh, okay, so let me just uh, quickly zip through the rest of the uh, week's hottest shows. So uh, we were talking about Rob Vanstone. Great new book. And this is the time of year when... If you have a hockey fan in your life, there are always some great hockey books out. How about Brave Face, Wild Tales of Hockey Goaltenders in the Era Before Masks? Great read. Andrew Will, the CEO of the Saskatchewan Health Authority, was here. This is this new strategy they're rolling out immediately, 30 days, 90 days, to try and deal with capacity and intake at Saskatoon hospitals in particular. But a number of you have pointed out, that ER weights, ER uh, triage, all of these things that go on, it isn't just a Saskatoon issue. It certainly is a big city issue. Go to the general, go to other hospitals, and then you start to look at some of the smaller regional hospitals, and they 
don't have the kind of pressure that the cities do. Uh, also, Lindsay Williamson was here this week. We've chatted with her before. She's one of the dog researchers. She is a prof in psychology, and the new study is service dogs and veterans with PTSD. Lisa Schick brought us the story this week. Uh, not exactly the Pentagon Papers, but it's uh, an embarrassment, I think, intended by the NDP to the governing Sask Party. One of the Sask Party MLAs, Gary Graywall, has for years owned a little motel, the Sunrise Motel, where social services clients are often put up. The NDP says a woman who they had brought to the legislature saying she needed a place to live, so the government says, okay, put her up in a hotel, social services chooses the Sunrise Motel, and the NDP says the rack rate or quoted rate in the hotel, around about 100 bucks. the woman's paying 130 Social Services gets involved, and it finds its way up to $200. Scandal, they say. I say you do one of two things if you're Gary Graywall. It's no secret he's owned the hotel for years. It's no secret Social Services has used the hotel for years. Get out in front before all of this and explain this is your family business. You aren't involved in directing government social services traffic. Or just tell social services, don't use my hotel. That's one of the downsides of public service in government. So that was the uh, story this week. Glenn Blackett was here, Calgary lawyer representing Leah McKinnis, who attended a couple of those big protests in the pandemic on vaccine mandates. The weird part was that on her social media pages, she said vaccines work. She urged people to have vaccines because it will make hospitals not as congested as they would be. She made the case for vaccines, but said the idea of mandates, in other words, you must have a vaccine, she found repugnant. And the registered nurses, college of registered nurses, say by using the word vaccine mandate, that's an incorrect term, hence she's being misleading, hence as a practicing nurse, this is unprofessional conduct. I'm not sure now with the benefit of hindsight, you look at this and think these regulatory colleges, which are used at the best of times to rat people out on politics and when you don't agree with them. Goodness, I couldn't count the number of times angry lefties keep calling the law society in Saskatchewan because their feelings get hurt by something I say on the radio show. And as a practicing lawyer, they think that brings the profession into disrepute might bring the broadcasting profession into disrepute. (laughs) But the legal profession? No, we have pretty separate lines. Okay, Corey Hirsch was here yesterday, lifetime with OCD. NHL, uh, when he played about 107, 108 games, uh, most of them with the Canucks, won a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. He is a very effective speaker on mental health, on stigma. He's going to be in Humboldt on Monday, the me Day Wellness Expo was on, and he spoke so fondly of Humboldt and the difficult times they've been through. So those are a few things we talked about this week, but there were many other topics, all sorts of conversation with you, and we turn the phones over to you as I do now. All right, you name it, let's talk about it here. Josh in Saskatoon, a lot of Saskatoon citizens are looking at this latest proposal for a so-called emergency shelter. What do you think? 
Hi, John. I, I apologize right off the bat. I'm a little amped up this morning. But, uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong I with that, my friend. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that I have to find out on your radio station at 6.30 this morning that we have exactly three business days to respond to the city voting on this location for being a complex needs centre. Now, knowing people in the Fairhaven neighbourhood and what the STC has done over there and knowing that that facility does not want these people being a property owner and a business owner in this neighborhood and having that dropped on us with no consultation whatsoever is driving me absolutely around the bend. Yeah, I don't blame you. This is the uh, old government liquor store on Idlewild Drive North, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I get the concern. The so-called complex needs shelters are for the people who, you know, are perennially impaired Uh, They kick them out of most homeless shelters because they either are so abusive or they're physically dangerous to to themselves and other people. So I think we need a place. But have we had a good debate on what that structure should look like? I I don't disagree. I will definitely say that it's above my pay grade to how to deal with these complex issues. But the fact that the city just gets to the to. I, I call it a sneak attack. To sneak attack us as, as uh, people who live in the neighborhood and business owners in the neighborhood, and it's like surprise with zero consultation. It doesn't seem like we're all on the same page to solve the problem. The other thing I have I take issue with is my understanding when Mr. Arcan talked about the STC originally. The idea was to, to get in all four quadrants of the city. Well, I just see Fairhaven West Side. This is the West Side of Ottawa, West Side. Why isn't this? proposed facility in Stonebridge? Why is it not in Arendale or in Brighton or something on the east side of Saskatoon? So now we're going to congregate these people in two areas of one side of the city that already has immense problems, and this is going to get worse. And we're talking about individuals, and I've read some different things about how these people are going to be taken in and out of the the shelter and that they might not necessarily have been left to their own recognizance. But regardless of that, what it might draw into the community might be the the center itself and the people in and out of it might not be the issue, but the people that it draws and to that same neighborhood is just going to compound the problem. Yeah, I don't blame you, and you sound frustrated. I mean, part of the problem here, especially with the complex needs people, is I think we have to get... Excuse me, that was sneeze coming. I think we have to get to a point where we ask ourselves, and there would be some charter issues here, because the police do bring, you know, the police will bring people there against their will. Are we at a point now we need a really serious conversation, Josh, about compelled treatment, right? If you are so stoned, so high, so drunk, all the time you're not able to function, uh, you have developed psychosis as a result of drug use, so you literally see dragons chasing you on the street, so you pull knives out and try and stab the dragon, and it turns out to be a human being. I mean, this is how serious this crap is, right? Why wouldn't we look at some kind of compelled treatment, uh, put it where you want, but have it as a facility where people don't have that choice to leave? I, I don't disagree with any of that, John. Um, my biggest thing as a taxpayer and obviously as a resident of Saskatoon is results. I think personally the whole idea behind the harm reduction thing has failed. Complete failure. And we, 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 need, we need to see results. 
I don't like the idea of bringing people in against their will, the way I believe that's against everything that I believe in. But at some point, if that is the only way to get results, to actually see improvement, that might be the way forward. I don't know. Again, I leave that for people that I think are way smarter than I am when dealing with these issues. But I know what we're doing is not working. And for what we're on the hook for as taxpayers, we see zero results. And uh, frustration then boils over and when it comes to the local policing and stuff because they spend all their time dealing with these individuals. Yeah. They can't police. They can't patrol. Property crime, vehicle crime, all that stuff is essentially not even responded to anymore. And it's just like the, the, the problems just keep on coming. We pay more and nothing changes. Yeah. Uh, Josh, let me uh, confirm what you said. Uh, the city administration, which has known about this for a long time, they're boasting that they provided a mailed flyer, ready for this, in mid-November to buildings within 300 meters. Um, you could submit correspondence to an email address that they put in that flyer. Um, they'd receive the correspondence and they would mitigate the noted concerns. Um, they had a web page under the shelter spaces where you could have found this. This was sprung on everybody, Josh. What are we at now? I believe we're at the 17th of November. So mid-November would have been two days ago, <laughs> right? Well, well, what I did this morning, John, is, is after hearing about on your program and coming to the shop, I walked up and down to talk with the local owners of the businesses up and down on our street. And out of all of them, I found one owner that had actually gotten a notice, and he said he got it yesterday at noon. They weren't mailed. They were dropped in the in the mailbox. And I don't know if my calendar is wrong, but I believe that's the 16th of November, and it's the 17th today. It is indeed. And uh, even the city administration say, well, we, do, we, did the, we did this past tense in mid-November. Today's the 17th. Mid-November was the 15th. And you're getting all ready to start rolling this thing out? Oh, God. You know, I mean, you can pull people together in a virtuous circle for a conversation, but every time the bureaucrats in the city of Saskatoon, the same nitwits who, you know, have that bike lane coming up into the airport industrial area, this everything the administration does is fake consultation. It's often seen as duplicitous, and I don't know if it is duplicitous. It may not be deliberately deceptive, but it's just so ham-handed. So... I don't blame you for being frustrated. And Josh, take some steps. 877-332-8255. Okay, we have a ton of calls. And Cindy has a good news story. Cindy, share your story with us. Thanks. Good morning, John. Thanks for taking my call. Um, in 19, this is a long overdue thank you. My mom in 1996 was in the hospital here, um, very sick. She was dying. Um, and when I was leaving the hospital, I was trying not to cry. I was trying to get to my vehicle so I could have a good crying session then. Um, a lady stepped in front of me when she noticed the tears in my eyes and asked me who my tears were for. And I told her my mom. This lady held me very tight and hugged me for, um, I'm, I'm going to guess, three minutes. Oh, is that ever nice? Um, when when she let me go, I noticed how wet her shoulder was from my tears. <laughs> um, um, and uh, But I don't know who she is, but I hope she's listening because I want to express, uh, like I said, a long overdue thank you. Or to anybody else that's listening out there that has 
um, done something that was just so kind that made a huge difference in someone's life. Um, my mom did pass away a few days later, but I'll never forget this lady. Well, that's nice. So that you still carry that from 96? She said that's a long time. But the kindness of a stranger. Be kind, as the saying goes, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm John Gormley. Friday and absolutely anything and everything goes here. Okay, I'm going to try to get through, but we will go to calls first. The uh, decision of federal court justice Angela Ferlanetto, who quashes the plastics ban the Trudeau government has brought in. You know, this whole single-use plastics, plastics are toxic, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Wayne in Saskatoon, uh, what's on your mind today? Well, John, first of all, I will vote for Josh for Councillor Mayor, your previous caller. Absolutely. Smart, well-spoken man. Unfortunately, I am not. Um, the city is divided, John. Our country is divided, and our city is divided. It's always been divided, the west side or the east side. There's a long history, John, of um, high schoolers fighting East versus West for <laughs> probably 50 years. and Longer than that. And you look at um, Stonebridge. Okay, that place is loaded with, with businesses, right? Well, Hampton Village is 15 years old. There's a whole open lot. No one's building there because, well, it's the West Side and, you know, we don't deserve anything. So, yeah, our, our, our city is divided. And the mayor and council or whoever's in charge... They're never going to put a wellness center anywhere but the west side. And uh, there's also rumors of one in Hampton Village down the road. Well, you know, it's it's a tough thing. I mean, again, I understand some of the pressures. The problem is you should be bringing people together with open, broad, timely consultation. This idea of springing it on people with two days' notice is what the city's latest stunt is. It's just not good. Emory in Nippon, Saskatchewan. Everything goes here on a Friday. What's up? I'm just going to wish you all the best in your retirement there, John. Well, thank you very much. We, uh, you still have five more days of me, though, Emery. I mean, I'm... Well, I can handle that. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. I'm here till next Friday. Uh, Sharon and Regina, some things we should know. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. In Regina, we're going to be having an evening of prayer as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel and all the victims of this war. And that's going to be at the end of the month on Thursday, November the 30th uh, at 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at Celebration Church in Regina. And that's at 3130 Renfrew Crescent. And we're going to actually have uh, somebody from Friends of Israel, Rob Gosling, is going to speak, and also some members of the Beth Jacob Synagogue. And we're just inviting everyone to come out as we join together and pray for the peace uh, of Jerusalem and the peace of, of this war, that this war would come to an end soon. It's very nice. Normally, we don't do public service announcements, but I'll tell you, what is going on in the Israel-Hamas war is important, and it is important that lots of praying and doing take place. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, we have so much stuff ahead. Everything goes here on a Friday, and I want your calls now on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.